Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. In the Huddle was created to give student-athletes, parents and coaches an inside look at the journey through US college sport and all that comes with it, the demands, the excitement and the opportunities. Study and Play USA facilitates a comprehensive, customised approach for student-athletes and families for their whole journey, both here during high school right through to US college graduation. I'm Chris Bates, and we are very pleased uh, in this episode to have world-renowned performance sports psychologist, Dr. Anthony Ross, here with us. Uh, Anthony is a highly regarded um, in his field for his work across developmental to elite sport, including many U.S. college athletes. Uh, Former college athlete himself, Anthony shares, uh, I guess, a passion with us of mental toughness training, which is, is highly valuable in preparation for life at college but also in competition across any sport. Uh, so that's what we're going to break down today. Thank you for joining us today, Anthony. Thanks for having me, Chris. Great to have you here. So look, look just jump straight into it. Um, look, I think, uh, you know, when I think of mental toughness, uh, Anthony, I think of my favourite athletes, I guess, and how, you know, how they manage to perform under pressure, I guess, time and time again. I think of Federer and Tiger Woods come to mind. And I'm sure you've probably seen the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, yes. Me. It's, it's a cracker. I mean, to yeah. me, it goes an athlete with elite level mental toughness. So, look, I'm, I'm curious, you know, is it's, you know, if I was asked to define mental toughness, I think I might find it a little bit hard. But how, how would you define, like, what, is, what exactly is mental toughness? Yeah, it's a good question. We hear it a lot, but it can be a bit hard to define. I generally see mental toughness as how well athletes take their physical and and technical skills, even tactical knowledge, and then apply them uh, on the sporting field in competition. So how well do they take the skills that we generally spend so much time and effort developing and then actually put them into play? So that can be a general one and then specifically speaking when athletes are competing uh, it's really how well can players continually commit to actions that increase the chance of success so if it's a golfer how many shots in a round can they finish the shot simply saying yes I committed to something helpful on that shot a helpful process if it's a tennis player it's it's on each point um uh, and even in continuous sports like um, you know, rugby league, for example, or, or rugby union, if, if your players can sort of split it up into, um, into different plays and continually keep checking in and going, okay, am I actually committing to something helpful? Did I do that on the last play? And then recommitting. That's, that's how I generally think about uh, mental toughness and communicate it around it. 
great. That's good. I mean, I guess yeah. So what you sort of said there, it it um, the concept covers all sports. It doesn't necessarily matter the sport. It, it's uh, it's just applying those skill sets um, to the situation you're in, regardless of the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, I'm very curious. Like, where did where did you where do you track your knowledge of this? I mean, does this come from the um, you know, does this your passion for this and your knowledge come from your own experiences on you know, right back to when you were, you know, the local tennis courts of Billawila in Central Queensland, um, plying your trade, or um, was it through your college experience as one of you know Pepperdine University's best ever um, competitors, um, or was it you know on the courts of Wimbledon as a doubles player? Um, you know, talk us through your origins of this passion and knowledge that you, you speak of. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely very competitive as a kid. Uh, and so I didn't take a specific, I guess, um, interest in it outside of just trying to do my best and do as well as I, I could. I would say a couple of things come to mind, a couple of times come to mind, which really pointed me in this direction of specifically focusing on on helping athletes develop mental toughness. One was after my initial semester at Pepperdine in college, I didn't do very well my first semester, got a bit overwhelmed, probably got a bit carried away with, with college life and um, and basically lost, lost my way a little bit. And our coach left um, or retired actually and we got a new coach in. Long story short, he basically offered me a scholarship that I couldn't afford to stay at Pepperdine uh, for the full year. So I had to make the decision to come home for a semester, um, which was the only way that I could stay at Pepperdine. And during that uh, six months off, I started working with Michael Fox, who's a sports psych that you'd know. Uh, yeah. And he really, that I found that really helpful. And that's probably where it started. And I saw the benefits when I went back to Pepperdine. Like I competed a lot better. I was much more successful, was able to get, you know, a great scholarship for the rest of my time at Pepperdine through my results after that. So I recognise its importance through that time. And then the second second time I would say is when I was um, when I was finishing playing tennis professionally, I started coaching straight away. And my first couple of uh, players that I coached, Peter Clark, you'd remember Peter Clark, yeah, and he, and um, he was a pretty challenging player probably not the mentally toughest guy. And so that was a real challenge as a coach. And what I found was that it didn't matter how well I could help him technically and even physically, like we worked hard and he had a level of success. But eventually I realised that I wasn't skilled in actually coaching the mental parts of the game. You know, I could do it. I learned to do it pretty well myself, but I really wanted to get better at being able to help um, others compete well and be mentally tougher and, and so then I decided um, to actually come back to Australia and, and finish my, my psych degree, which I'd, I had a, um, a minor in psychology from Pepperdine. So I came back, actually went and started doing some work for Michael Fox, who I mentioned before, and, and yeah. decided to, to go down the psych route from there. And at start, I just wanted to improve my skills, but then I just found I loved it and, and ended up uh, becoming a psych, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's good. I mean, I can vouch for the fact that you know I've I've witnessed firsthand. I mean, some of the some of the students athletes that I've seen you working with and the and the improvement 
in themselves and just their level of enjoyment, just knowing, I guess, giving them an understanding of how their brain works in a, in a competitive situation um, is probably pretty empowering for a lot of kids, just that first step of understanding. I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed through working, working with you myself um, with, with some student athletes. But um, so, yeah, that all, that all, that all makes sense. Um, so, look, you know, with all those sort of years behind you now, um, look, you're getting older like me. Uh, we've experienced. Um, Time flies. Um, it does when you're having fun. Um, yeah, so, you know, you're working with a lot of athletes. You mentioned Peter Clark, who was, who was a tennis professional. I know you've worked in other sports and, and, and elite athletes as well. But it's not all about athletes either. I mean, you, you, there, there are coaches that, um, you know, you coach coaches, I guess, on how to, how to implement these strategies with their, um, with their uh, players and, and athletes and also parents, right? I mean, the parents play a big role in athletic development as well in terms of um, the mental side of things. So can you talk a little bit more about that and, and sort of the, the, the broad spectrum of, of your work? Yeah, um, no problems at all. So, I mean, basically, um, I guess I would say that there's four really uh, key areas that can be helpful to develop mental toughness. Uh, and I tend to really have a, a focus on these four areas. So, um, as you say, whether it be working with an athlete or trying to help coaches to understand and apply mental toughness development or, or even for parents, um, the four main uh, keys, I guess you'd call them, to developing mental toughness are really what I would call purpose. So this is, um, it's really the key to motivation. So when we connect with not only our goals, like what we want to achieve, but also the reasons we play um, and really our values, so what's important to us about competing and about um, trying to become the best we can be. So the connecting with purpose is that first one. Second one is what I call attentional control. So this is just the basics of learning to and practicing the skills of developing concentration. So we, we, you know, we know how important concentration is, but it is, it's something that we need to go out and actually practice aiming and maintaining our attention noticing when it wanders noticing distractions and shifting back and so forth um, and so that's a simple one for coaches to apply and 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 so forth um, the third one is what i call committed action so that's just really being clear on the processes that we need to commit to to increase the chance of success um, and then once we know those things it's trying to um, making sure we apply those things um, as we compete. So once again, if we talk about a golfer, it would be maybe it's um, it's committing to the target that we're trying to hit. Or a cricketer, it might be simply watching the ball. A, a tennis player focusing on their game style and committing to their game style. So we want to basically, the more that uh, athletes can uh, focus on and really rate their performance on how well they simply commit to the processes that they that increase the chance of success, the better they'll do. And right. then the fourth one's a really good one. That's, um, it's a really important one, which is in a way it goes, um, goes against certainly the, the advice I got when I was growing up, I call it emotional fitness. And so the idea here is rather than trying to control emotions, athletes generally do better when they are more able to handle or respond better to all the difficult thoughts and feelings that show up as they compete. So 
you know, rather than trying to achieve the zone or get these ideal performance states, the reality of competing is that we face lots of challenging, difficult emotions, like a flow of um, difficult emotions and difficult thoughts that come with competing. And so I would argue the most important skill for mental toughness is uh, how well athletes can respond to all the difficult internal experiences that, that show up, like you were talking about with Jordan, you know, the, the ability to, to compete under pressure when, um, and in that documentary, I think it's great. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend it as well. I actually watched the last two episodes last night and um, and and just showing the the challenges, the emotional challenges and the, and the toll it takes to compete um, is something that needs to really be respected. Yeah, and, it, and it's not just at the, the top level in sport. It, it, it doesn't matter what level you're playing, right? It's the same. You know, a, a brain's a brain, right? And, and, and Exactly. So um, I think just listening to you there t- took me back to my childhood playing tennis a little bit. I remember my mum used to say, just just concentrate. And I think if I was, you know, um, what I was probably trying to say in response to that was I, I really don't know how. <laughs> um, something yeah. learning how to concentrate and, and the types of things we can do um, can really help. Um, but yeah, no, that all that all makes sense, and um, I think that that's yeah, that's very useful information um, for the listeners. But the other thing that stood out from what you just said was, I think when again growing up a few years ago now, um, you know, it was all about trying to remove pressure or um, prevent bad thoughts happening when you're competing. Um, and as you've just talked about, it's not about trying to remove those. It's actually how you respond. So I think that's, I think that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, so look, you know, getting back onto the college sort of talk a little bit um, in America. I mean, I know that um, you've been um, sought out by some of the best colleges in America. You know, and the coaches to to help consult to their teams as a group, and and then obviously some individuals within those teams. Um, and of course, you're working with some some of our student athletes whilst they're preparing to go to college, and also um, when they're they're undertaking you know their college journey over in America. What are um, what are some of those challenges that you find the most common athletes are facing in college uh, or on the way to college? You know, and, and how do you how do you work with them? And maybe you know, as a, as a third part of that question, is it any sort of success stories where you've seen you know, improvements made? Um, yeah, so the, I mean, I would say that just those four points that I just outlined, I mean, that the great thing about uh, focusing on those key skills is that they are really relevant for all sorts of different situations. So we were just speaking about how it applies to athletes competing. Um, but at the end of the day, that same process is, what is helpful to um, to to see students um, students do better, um, or it, it's just basically relevant in all life circumstances. It's certainly something that um, I try to practice in my day to day life, and 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 working with um, people in uh, in the workplace or whatever it is, it's it's really relevant. So when it comes to the college journey, the it's, it's pretty interesting, actually, how I find that regardless of what I'm um, working on with the, with a student-athlete or, as you say, um, uh, uh, with kids who are looking to go to college and so forth, it's 
I, I tend to stick around these these main core issues, and especially that fourth one, right? Like the 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 thing with going to college. If we're talking about as it gets closer to to coming to college, um, kids tend to start feeling more pressure naturally. Yeah, the results become more important, and so therefore, a very common challenge there is that. Um, as the recruiting process starts to, to take place and the, the options are there, um, kids naturally feel more pressure. They're going to be more anxious about their results and, and so forth. And so that real key thing that we were talking about there is it's not about expecting that, that we're going to be able to somehow magically get rid of the pressures or the anxieties or the frustrations when they're maybe not competing as well as they want. It's really developing the skills that are going to help them um, respond better to those circumstances that at the end of the day the circumstances are the ones that that leads to more difficult internal experiences so it's responding to those things but once again clarifying purpose um, and and developing the ability to pay attention and focus on helpful targets while they're feeling more pressure or while they're feeling more anxiety and so forth um, and then when when we um, when kids get to college um, I think it's just that whole new over, uh, that experience. As I said, my, I certainly struggled my first semester um, mm. in so many things. Like it's, it's so busy. There's so many new experiences. Um, you do have the pressure of um, uh, as a tennis player. I actually was in the position where I was sort of in and out of the lineup. So I went there and I was uh, you six players play in the lineup and I was sort of number six, number seven. So I knew I had pressure that I had to win. Otherwise I was going to be out of the team and not get the chance to play. So I struggled with that. Um, so the same regard, like uh, certainly if I went back um, and something I focus on with, with athletes I'm working with is trying to respond better to just those different circumstances around team selection. Often it's, uh, it's working with new coaches, right? The challenges around different communication styles and, um, and, and all that goes with it. Um, and then balancing the uh, academics with athletics. So you've got the travel, you know, like trying to travel and missing school but still being expected to, um, you know, perform in school. So it's a whole array of things that tends to lead to... Um, uh, maybe more intense, difficult internal experiences around um, around everything that goes with college, I guess. Um, yeah. We tend to spend a lot of time developing skills in, in how, how do we actually, the practicalities of, of, of responding better to uh, frustrations, nerves, pressure, helplessness, and, and all that, that um, can show up a little bit more as the pressure builds going to college. And then certainly that that transition to getting used to being in college and and so forth so yeah um, yeah and in terms of my work um obviously i do a, quite a bit of work with with tennis teams and so um and working in exactly the same way so working a lot with coaches actually and trying to help coaches um teach mental toughness to their players most recently i worked with north carolina uh men's teams actually michael jordan's old uh uh, old yep. school, yep. and uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, and so um, this year they were uh, doing awesome. They, I think, they uh, improved their their singles win percentage about twenty five percent this season on last year, and were uh, they runner ups at the national indoors. I think they were ranked two when the the season got cut short. So they were they were well placed to 
Americans have a crack, a very good crack at the national championship. So unfortunately, they um, they missed out on that one. But um, I hear the seniors. I think the seniors are going to be able to come back. That's correct. If they wish. So um, yeah, very happy to hear that because they had a few awesome seniors who uh, really deserve a chance to to win the national championship. Hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, for the listeners out there, we were just um, referring to the uh, the corona interruption, I guess, that um, put to college sports in in around about March, and therefore those some sports were in the middle of the season and didn't get to finish, uh, which typically for for tennis finishes in May. So that's great to hear that those guys are able to come back, and you know they're going to be the team to beat next year, especially hopefully with your help. Yeah, I think that the plan will be to um, yeah to work with them again next year, which I'm looking forward to. Fantastic, that's awesome. Um, look, changing just uh, pace just a little bit, changing direction. I think um, for the for the for the people listening, I think it's um, you know obviously listening to you, it's very clear you're you're, you're uh, pretty impressive background, and I think that's the thing about working with sports psychologists for me is that you you've, you've obviously got the qualifications are necessary to understand um, the psychology of sport uh, but you have also lived it as an athlete but I think you know um, touching on your own uh, life in, in recent years I've, I've seen firsthand the impact obviously you've had on many athletes but I've also been pretty well you know my my family and, and myself I've been very inspired by your own I guess show of mental toughness and, and courage in recent years, overcoming a, a crippling illness. You know, basically in the prime of your life. Um, you know, if you can just share, if you will, just a couple of minutes of of of, of you know what happened to you and, and how you're able to get through it. Yeah, no, I was must have been late 2015. I um, I'd actually been in the US working with. Uh, uh, a couple of college teams at Virginia Tech, and um, and I'd done a lot of running actually in the forests of uh, Blacksburg, where Virginia Tech is, and um, I likely got infected with uh, bitten by a tick over there. Um, and I was then it was late th- that year, and I was actually the first thing I remember I was running with my now wife, and um, and uh, usually you know I I run nice and slowly at, at her pace but this day I couldn't even keep up with her which she found really funny I'll tell her um, I'll tell you said that yeah, yes yes um, but uh, yeah a few days later I basically just got out of bed and couldn't walk across the room and uh, long story short um, I uh, in the end I found that I had a an illness which Stanford researchers are calling the metabolic trap which is basically a metabolic failure where you you're body doesn't metabolize food and you go into a starvation effect and then that leads to all sorts of <laughs> very very bad <laughs> uh, results in, in your body yeah. I had like muscle atrophy so the main things for me is I became so weak that I couldn't um, couldn't stand couldn't stand um, I couldn't talk for an extended period my diaphragm was so weak I couldn't talk and but that was over a year wasn't it Anthony yeah yeah so for <laughs> Probably 18 months, I was literally living in a, a one, one or two meter radius, my bed, and, and not able to talk, other communicate only by text, and um, yeah, so it was pretty brutal. Um, I couldn't stand my my blood, lost the ability to um, 
to pump against gravity. So I basically had to be lying the whole time as well. I couldn't even sit up and uh, all sorts of other things that, that were pretty brutal. So I think the, uh, you know, I think I'm very, very lucky to have my past experiences, which were incredibly helpful to, to get through that time. Even, even my tennis experiences of, uh, you know, the things I learned through competing and playing tennis and that general skill, I guess, of just working at something and trying to get a little bit better day by day. Like that's something I always kept in mind when I was at my worst. And, um, and, and then through my specific like psychology training, I guess, and the things I work on with others, I just use all the time, like lots of um, like mindfulness and meditations and visualization. So like visualizing myself being able to walk again and, um, and, and the things that we're talking about because the emotional side of my uh, illness was so tough like the the dealing with and responding as well as possible to um, what was you know incredibly difficult emotions to do with with um, the illness was was something that was really helpful as well so um, I think yeah it is definitely an example for for me and it's it's made me I guess more passionate with the idea of um, and for families out there just the, the, the general sense of developing these skills is so relevant for obviously the college journey, but it's it's so important for us all in terms of our lives to develop mental skills that are going to be helpful to um, navigate to <laughs> life life challenges along the way. So yeah, um, certainly something that really hit home for me during that time. Yeah, uh, look, yeah, and, and witnessing it um, as, a, as obviously a, a friend, um, it's very, very difficult as well because it was a bit of a helpless situation for, for everyone, including yourself and, and everyone around. So, look, very, very, um, very, very powerful story and um, I think uh, an unbelievable, you know, um, yeah, inspiration to a lot of people. So, look, it's fantastic to have you you're back, Anthony, I guess. Yes, and, and on on your feet and i think there's a lot of people who can benefit from um your your obviously your your um your knowledge and and um passion so look and a baby on the way now so that's um wonderful news for you guys and and um yeah really really uh really happy for for you and you know life life's looking pretty good right now for you so that's um that's really i appreciate you sharing that that's obviously um fairly raw um, story for you so I appreciate you sharing that with the listeners but um, Anthony I won't keep you much longer but I do want to um, just talk quickly about a 28 day mental fitness challenge that you are going to be uh, providing very very shortly for, for Study and Play USA listeners uh, look designed for athletes thinking about going to college and, and athletes already in college um, I guess just helping them focus on skills that can perform, help them perform at their best, I guess. So we think it's a brilliant initiative. Um, you're happy to just go into a little bit more detail, Anthony, about, about what's, uh, what's involved. Yeah, so it's, uh, the general structure of the program is what we do is we just release daily challenges, so uh, daily activities um, around a few different themes, I guess you'd call them. So as I just talked about, so we have uh, attention strengthening activities. We, we do visualizations. Um, we have, we practice that idea of committed action. So just very simple activities where we're uh, trying to develop the actual skills of how do we get better at being able to commit to helpful processes, um, connecting with purpose. So that other idea that we talked about doing different 
reflections and so forth to help us uh, connect with the, the, the purpose and the reason for, for uh, competing. And then we've got some fun, different, um, com- more competitive activities that we do throughout the 28 days as well. So in combination, it's just it's really the different, um, different ways that we can develop the core skills, um, you know, off the playing field or off the court or off the course, whatever it may be. Um, but also, you know, hopefully the, the participants will be able to take the ideas and then transfer them into what they're doing, um, you know, on the playing field as well. Fantastic. No, looking forward to it. I might uh, might have a crack at that myself. You'll I think be, really uh, you'll be, yes, we'll be tracking you. No, I'll tracking be tracking you. To see how you're going. No, I better be at my best. Um, but I think, yeah, we've all got a bit of extra spare time at the moment with this coronavirus situation. So there's no no real excuse for me not to do that. So um, you can you can um, keep track of me. That'd be great. Um, look, Anthony, I know you've you've uh, put on hold a, a session with a a young athlete to to be with us in this episode today so i really appreciate your time um and and i'm sure listeners got a lot out of that and can continue to get more out of that uh moving forward as we um as we give you some more information about that the the mental fitness challenge um and other other activities that are coming up that you can take part in so um thanks everyone listening at home um as always if you've got questions about the pathway um, or mental toughness in general, get in touch with us. You can go to our website and go to www.studyandplayusa.com.au. Um, if you've got questions for Anthony, you can ask through there as well. But thanks again, Anthony. Appreciate your time, and um, I look forward to chatting to you next time. Cheers, Chris. No worries. Enjoyed it. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.